Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So much to talk about and analyze on the program today. So let's kick it off right now and talk about the tourism sector. My guest is Walt Judas. He is the CEO of the Tourism Industry Association of BC. Walt, thanks a lot for coming on. Good morning, Mike. I I know the industry has taken a a shellacking here, and I really feel sad for everybody in your sector here has been walloped by this thing. How bad is it out there right now for tourism in BC? Well, we've said right from the start, we're probably the hardest hit sector of any other than health. It's pretty dire for many operators around the province, simply because there are travel restrictions in place. There are no customers, businesses are closed, and there are no prospects for those customers until we start to see intra-provincial travel pick up again. And of course, domestic travel from other parts of the country, and ultimately, Once we see the borders reopen, we can welcome guests back. But normally, between April and June, we might see in the range of 1.7 million international visitors. And, of course, we won't see that this year. So that's an impact on our visitor economy of about $2.1 billion. So it's significant. Yeah, yeah, to say the least. And you take a look down at uh, some of the stuff that was announced yesterday yesterday by the Premier. I guess there's a few little glimmers of hope there for, for the sector, but I note that Phase 4, one of the final phases of reopening here, this is to be determined. There is a no start date for that. It includes international tourism and a lot of sort of visitor-driven events like conventions, live concerts, live professional sporting events all of those kind of far down the list for, for restarting, uh, which is a tough situation for you guys. But did you see any, was there anything in there yesterday that gives you some hope and optimism? Well, I think one thing that we can say is we commend the, the province for the work that it's doing to flatten the curve. And we recognize the difficulty in both dealing with the crisis at the same time, trying to keep the economy moving. By and large, we support the measures, but our industry is keen to get back to work after being hit so hard. So on the one hand, we have our marching orders, but on the other hand, there is still uncertainty on timing for when businesses can safely open, to what degree, whether they have the means to open, and obviously whether we'll see visitors at all this summer and into the fall, given the restrictions on travel. The good thing is we do have many sectors in the industry that are preparing to reopen. In fact, many of those sectors were never shut down to begin with. They just didn't have the visitors or the, the traffic that they needed to remain open. So they are poised to cooperate with the health and safety directives. They are looking at uh, when they can reopen the kinds of visitors that they might expect And so there is a glimmer of hope to be sure, but there's also, as I mentioned before, still a lot of uncertainty, particularly on the meetings, conventions and events sector. They'll feel the pain over the long term because of the closed borders and no international travel 
until phase four. And if we need to wait until a vaccine or more effective treatment is in place, that could take us into next year. So that segment of tourism is effectively wiped out for 2020. Yeah, boy, that's a, that's bleak. Um, this, the, some of the businesses that are poised to maybe get a little bit of a, a head start here, could you give me a couple examples there of the ones that you cited there that, that might be ready to go a little early? I think the, the biggest is obviously in the restaurant sector, but there are others like camping and golf. They're down the path already of having those health and safety best practices in place, plus they've got segment or sector-specific uh, workable practices so they can pick up essentially where they left off a couple of months ago and carry on. But you have other sectors, particularly that pertain to rural British Columbia, that could also carry on, like fishing, by way of example. Yeah, speaking of Walt Judas, he is the CEO of the Tourism Industry Association of BC. Walt, let's have a little listen here to some of the things that Premier John Horgan had to say yesterday about travel and tourism. Here he is talking about international travel. You guys have said that international travel is off the table for probably a long time to come. Uh, what about travel throughout Canada? Um, it's kind of the middle line as people start to move around a bit more this summer. Well, I, I, again, I think that... Um the, the market will decide some of this. Uh, if there are no flights, there's not going to be a lot of people getting on planes. If there are people demanding to get on planes, there'll be more flights. Uh, we want to make sure that that's done in a reasonable way. I know that the that YVR, our major airport in Vancouver, has been working over the past uh, a number of weeks to find ways to safely operate. Okay, Walt, uh, the Premier John Horgan speaking yesterday, uh, talking about sort of interprovincial travel within the country. What did you think about what he had to say there? Well, I think, you know, we always look for the encouraging signs. And as we see uh, some restrictions being lifted on families being able to get together, if we can get past the long weekend and we see that we're able to flatten the curve, there's some positivity there. I think mostly uh, in the short term, we're looking at, people being able to travel not only within their own region, but region to region. And then ultimately, we need people to come from other parts of Canada, family members or visitors that want to visit British Columbia, like we usually see at this time of the year. And then at some point, international travel will be critical. I mean, that's the biggest step to our industry really getting moving again, is when we see those borders reopen. And so I see some positives there, but at the same time, we've got a long way to go. We, uh, we, uh, we recognize that, but hopefully we can accelerate that process as things move forward. Right. Walt Judas is with the BC Tourism uh, Industry. I noted, though, that part of the plan starting in June in Phase 3 includes reopening hotels and resorts. So, I mean, if there's still a ban on international travel, which there almost certainly will be by that time, and and I heard the Premier emphasize a few times yesterday that if you want to go and enjoy a park, try to stay close to home, don't be traveling to other communities, yet the plan also talks about reopening hotels and resorts starting in June. So I just wonder how that's going to work. I mean, are you hearing kind of a double message there that maybe don't don't travel, but we're going to open resorts too at the same time? Well, and that's part of it. Of course, resorts and hotels weren't technically closed. 
because accommodation sector was considered an essential service. But many of these hotels will not open because they just won't have enough visitors. So um, it's one thing to say, yes, you can open. It's quite another to try to figure out who that market is or who's going to stay at a hotel if you really can't do anything else in that community. In fact, I was talking to one hotelier who said, you know, to, to restart my hotel, it would cost $12,000 just to get the elevators back up and running. It would cost $64,000 to open the rooms and more than $30,000 just to reopen the restaurant. That's at a downtown Vancouver hotel. So nobody's going to do that if there are no prospects for visitors. So in as much as uh, hotels and resorts can technically uh, reopen in June, if there is no visitor market to draw from and it's unlikely to be domestic, then it's a bit of a moot point at that point. Walt, I hope there's better days ahead. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you, Mike. All right, welcome back as we continue talking about Restart BC, the plan to open the BC economy and the plan targeting mid-May, so just a week from now, to open up things like elective surgeries, pubs, restaurants, barbershops, and salons, which is good news, certainly, for those sectors. The BC tourism and travel sector just being hammered by this pandemic and some sort of raise of hope yesterday in the announcement but still, it is a it is a tough grind here for this sector of the BC economy. Let's have another listen to John Horgan here speaking about uh, travel and tourism yesterday. So as we start to uh, see more travel again in the, I would suggest probably later in the summer, if if at all, uh, and international travel again will be determined by uh, the number of flights and the number of people that are prepared to get on them. These are personal choices that people will have to make. Uh, we're going to support them as best we can by making sure that there are, are, are guidelines in, in place uh, for appropriate operation that will keep people safe and will allow the economy to continue to restart and grow into the future. Okay, let's check in with a familiar voice for NW listeners, Claire Newell, a global news travel expert. She's a CKNW contributor. Hi, Claire. Hi there, Mike. Yeah, this is kind of good and bad news. <laughs> yeah, what, did, what jumped out at you yesterday? Um, I think that, you know, it had some glimmers of hope for, for travel. And I think you, when you had uh, Walt Judas on just as your last guest, he made some very, very important points for a lot of the, the industry that relies on international travel here in our province from mom and pops to big corporations. Yeah. Um, they're going to struggle. A lot of them are seasonal and with no international travel on the horizon, at least until, say, September, um, they rely on that. And so it's not BC residents that fill up their hotels and restaurants and tours, whether it's whale watching or fishing or whatever it may be. Um, they've got a, a very tough road ahead. Um, yeah. You know, I, we typically plan international travel, like trips for people that are outside of, of the province. But my heart really goes out to the, the, the companies that are going to be struggling with um, with this news. It was a big blow to them. You know, there was, of course, glimmers of hope. Yes, they're going to open June 1st and hotels and campgrounds and that type of thing. But yeah. um, Walt made the point, uh, like I said, your previous guest very clearly said a lot of them don't just rely on local BC residents to fill fill the spaces. Right, right. He also described kind of the startup costs of just taking a business that's been kind of mothballed and shut down for a while and then 
trying to get it started up again. There's a big upfront cost uh, to get some of yes. these services going again. It's brutal. And there are. And, and I know that a lot of uh, large corporations are putting out statements of best practices and they're working with experts and... Um, you know, obviously, they want to come out with social distancing and appropriate cleaning measures so that we as consumers feel safe um, and confident going into uh, accommodations. Well, all of that is going to cost money. And, wow. you know, you're, you're hearing headlines, say, from Vegas resorts where they have maybe more resources with thermal cameras and um, EMTs on staff and electrostatic sprayers and UV lights and all these um disinfectant wands that they can they can put in practice but you know and Hilton coming out with uh, a, a cleaning program that involves Lysol and the Mayo Clinic but wow. you know it's all going to cost money and you know be passed on to the consumer eventually but it is you're right it's going to be a lot of upfront costs for them to start and if they don't have uh, people that are coming and enough bookings they won't open just got a minute here, Claire. You heard the Premier there as well talk about the potential for people to start traveling again, maybe some domestic tourism or people visiting from other parts right. of the of the country. Is that potentially a bit of a lifeline for some of these uh, some tour companies? Certainly. And a lot of that will, um, you know, the market's going to dictate whether people are going to feel comfortable enough. Right. And it's certainly not going to look the same. You know, people are going to need to be wearing masks and airlines may be handing out or you need to take disinfectant wipes. And um, they might explain the, the ventilation systems and you may be your temperature may be tested before you get on board. So things are going to look different. Um, even domestic flights. So it's it's all part of that strategy for best practices and making us feel comfortable to right. once again get on board flights. Claire, thanks for coming on. Thanks so much, Mike. All right, welcome back as we continue talking about Restart BC, the plan rolled out yesterday by the provincial government to get the economy up and running. Some good news yesterday for BC restaurants as the government indicates that inns in restaurant dining could start again as early as Mid-May, I think the industry may be looking around June 1st to start opening restaurants again. Also, pubs may be allowed to reopen again. There's going to be some rules in here to keep people safe uh, in uh, pubs and restaurants as they reopen again. But you can bet that's some good news for this uh, industry going forward here. Going to speak to Ian Tostenson about that in just a moment. But first, have a listen to John Horgan here. Here's the Premier talking yesterday about restaurants. Sectors that we uh, have ordered closed need to work with WorkSafe BC to develop plans for safe reopening. Those would include hair salons, restaurants, and pubs. Any business restarting their operations must ensure that they are in compliance with public health officers' orders and in line with the safety guidelines produced by WorkSafe BC. We'll support businesses as they take steps towards successful reopening. WorkSafe BC is developing industry-specific guidance to help employers bring workers and customers back safely. I want to acknowledge the organizations that are already well into the planning stages, like the BC Restaurant Association, who is working on a sector-wide plan for the safe reopening of that industry. All right, the Premier giving a shout-out there to the Restaurant Association. Let's check in with the CEO of that association now, Ian Tostenson. Ian, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks, Mike. Nice to be on, as usual. 
Okay, I know you guys have been working hard behind the scenes to put together some a plan to get BC restaurants opened again. You must have been pleased to hear these remarks from the from the premier yesterday in this plan. Your thoughts? Yeah, I really am. I mean, the, the premier's really tuned into um, the economy, safety, public confidence, and um, you know they've got so much to work to do by sectors in the government. I know that that was refreshing, and we felt it important to take. Uh, we took 55 restaurant people uh, from throughout British Columbia that authored the plan, and I think he, they, the government really appreciated that because it's thinking that you know we can bring that kind of thinking and those kinds of disciplines better than you know letting letting the bureaucracy do it. So that was cool. Uh, we were really happy that he acknowledged that. It probably um, gave us a couple of weeks now, um, you know, as opposed to hearing yesterday we better do a plan. Now that we have a plan, WorkSafe has seen the plan. They like the plan. Then WorkSafe will come back probably as early as next week with a generic plan and guidance for all restaurants, uh, what they have to do to open. But the, the um, as the premier said yesterday, it's a common sense plan. It's not going to be some sort of lockdown. You're going to jail plan. It's going to be you know really putting a lot of responsibility in the public to do the right thing, which I think is good. Okay, let's talk about how this could possibly work. When could we see restaurants start to open again for in in restaurant dining? I, I'm going to say June 1st, um, because if you think about what a restaurant has to do, they have to rehire, they have to reload their supplies, and they have to go through training. They have to be able to convince their employees as part of this plan that they are a safe environment for the employees to work, and also at the same time um, provide that same level of confidence to its guests or uh, customers of the business. And so, you know, guests, customers will be looking for Mike's restaurant, what has he done that I feel comfortable walking in? And I think that's going to be a sticker in the door that acknowledges that Mike's uh, restaurant went through uh, an acknowledgement and a, an awareness training before they opened. And that's number one. And then on the staff side, um, that'll be training for the staff and, the, and convincing the staff that they will be safe going back into that environment. So that's maybe three weeks of work. If we register every restaurant that wants to do that, that's 13,000 restaurants. I mean, I think we can do that as an organization in, in three weeks and get all that material out to them. Um, so June 1st. But as someone said in our committee, uh, let's go slow to go fast. Let's, we've got one shot to do this right, and we don't want to do it wrong and then have to close and reopen. So let's uh, take our time. But I think three weeks, Mike, we might see some... You know, you might see some patios opening first because those are a little bit easier to operate. And we're hoping that municipalities across British Columbia um, really become innovative and flexible uh, in, in terms of expanding patios and expanding public space to use for patios. I think that's going to be a big part of this plan, too. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to call June 1st. Okay, a lot of work ahead for you guys. It's exciting, though. I mean, it's uh, it's hopeful, I think, to hear this to hear these this type of plan. You heard the premier uh, frequently mentioned yesterday, and you heard it in the clip we played there that WorkSafe BC will be working closely with the restaurants to develop this plan. How is that going to work? Like, would WorkSafe BC have to approve, you know, each restaurant's individual reopening plan, or would they approve sort of a, a more general policy? Yeah, they'll, they'll put out general policy. We were on the phone with them this morning. They'll put out a general policy and say, this is your responsibility. And then um, and they're just going to expect the businesses to do that. So it's going to be on a very very much a volunteer basis. We, we're going to step in, though, and just make it a bit more formalized and say, you know what, um, we, we would encourage you to register with us, go through the, the, you know, the, the acknowledgement of what you have to do as an operator. 
and do it that way. But um, no, they're not going to be walking around saying, okay, Mike, let's see your plan. We'll approve it. They, they would never get the economy open. So they're having uh-huh. it to do it and rely on associations to kind of do that work for them. Right. And Okay. What are some of the highlights of how this is going to work? Like what will people notice that's different when we get around to reopening again? Um, you know, you're not going to be, you know, so it's all about, you know, social distancing. You're not going to be standing in lineups close to people you don't know uh, waiting to get in. You'll probably be, Outside and then asked to come in when your table's ready. Um, you'll, you'll see a little bit more in you know structure inside the restaurants. So um, you know six feet between tables and three feet between chairs, um, where mingling will probably be a little bit minimized. So you sort of go and stay with who you're at. Um, but I don't think that you know you might see some plexiglass in areas where the social distancing, actual physical distance uh, is hard to match. So you put some plexiglass in, you might see some people wearing gloves and masks. Those aren't going to be mandatory necessarily, but some restaurants may elect to use that for particularly for uh, handling of uh, dirty dishes. Um, You're going to see possibly if the restaurant wants protocols around taking temperature checks of their employees to make sure everybody's healthy and you're going to see lots of visual signs of sanitation, washing hands, and and so that you as a guest of a restaurant are going to be well assured that all the protocols and safety and sanitation um, are being, you know, I mean, they do them anyways, but we're going to up the game here because the public needs to know that those things are happening for their own safety. It's going to be a, a challenge here. I think the public confidence to get that back is going to be maybe the bigger challenge for us. Speaking to Ian Tostenson, president of the BC Restaurant Association, I, I noted yesterday in the, in the restart plan, it said mid-May would be the timeline for the beginning, potentially, of restaurants, cafes, and pubs yeah. opening opening again in British Columbia, which is exciting for a lot of people. But they, the government also draws a distinction with nightclubs and bars. I know. Um, they say that's more complicated, and there's no date to reopen nightclubs and bars. What is the difference between a bar and a pub? Well, a pub, you would have, I mean, so many pubs are like, you know, like restaurants now. They have tables, and they have great food, and they serve in the, you know, a, lot of, a lot of rural communities. Um, and so there's more sort of segregate, you know, there's more sort of sitting segregation. But if you look at a bar... We can walk here, sit there, go there, you know, meet this person, that person. I think they don't really quite understand, haven't figured out how to quite do that um, because those are just social gathering uh, halls where people are close and there's no real ability to sort of do that social distancing that Dr. Henry so, you know, talks about every day. So, yeah, yeah same with casinos. That's the other one. Casinos, bars um, are going to be a real tough one to uh, figure out, I'm sure. And it may be a while until we, you know, we get down the down the road here, but more on, on the whole health side before they can open up. What about some of the larger places out there that uh, are typically very popular, can pack a pack a lot of people in? Um, some of the craft beer places, for example, are going to be very popular. Is there going to be any trouble in restarting places like that? We're looking at some plans now on tasting rooms, like for wineries and for uh, you know, with the, with the craft brewers. Um, I think they're going to just have to be, you know, very care- careful if they have long tables. They segregate yeah. groups. You might have, uh, ta- you know, you might they'll have people at a long table, but they might be separated by plexiglass initially, movable plexiglass. There's always going to have to be that social distance. If you have big restaurants or big patios, um, not a problem, uh, providing everybody's keeping social distance. So, so they can, 
if they can um, run those patios and keep social distancing, that's the key, then um, they're going to do it. We, we actually thought that it was like no more than 50 people. We thought we can't run a restaurant with 50 people, but that, she's not saying that with respect to restaurants. She's being very clear about the social distancing. So if we practice social distancing, if we, you know, as I said, wash our hands, it, which is, you know, like the absolute attention to detail, um, you know, it's pretty exciting. I mean, it's not exciting for the business owner that just lost almost everything because in two months it was a disaster. But there's hope now. I mean, you know, two weeks ago we weren't, we didn't have any hope when we were going to open. So this is this is going to be exciting, in a new a new era for our economy, and we're going to do work really hard to see what we can do to get this thing back.